0: To the Discover Your Personal Power podcast, the show to help you live a life filled with peace, purpose, and power. My goal on this podcast is to give you something fun and meaningful to make your day a little brighter. I want to help you find your light and your personal power within. My name is Peggy Moore, and I am a wife and a mother of over 30 years, a nurse for over 20 years, a certified professional coach, and a wellness advocate. I want you guys to know that I get it. Sometimes being human can just be hard. But the good news is we are all in this together and we all get to choose how we want to show up in the world and we can create the life of our dreams. So how are you guys doing? I can't believe that summer is coming to an end. Here in Okinawa, Japan, the American kids are starting school tomorrow. All the teachers and myself have been busy at work for the past couple weeks getting ready for them. It is an exciting day to start a school this year with kids in the school and not virtual. We're super excited about this. I love this time of year. It almost feels more like a new year to me than January 1st even. This is the time when I like to go over my goals and kind of see how my year has been going and what kind of things I wanna do to create the best year yet. So I had a great summer, I hope you guys did too. I did a lot of traveling this summer, and I had the opportunity to listen to some audiobooks. And I just listened to C.S. Lewis, The Screwtape Letters. And I've listened to this before, but I love this book. I think it's so clever. And as I was listening to it, it got me thinking about the little devil and the little angel that sit on my shoulders, or how kind of I really like to think of them as the voices in my head. The Screwtape Letters by C.S. Lewis is a book that deals with human nature and Christian faith. It takes a view on human nature from the devil's perspective and it's a form of collection of letters that are written by Screwtape and addressed to his nephew, Wormwood. The letters advise Wormwood, who is this junior apprentice, on how to lure his patient to hell. I find this book to be so clever. I think Screwtape, who is a demon, but he knows his work. And he has this knowledge of human nature and exactly how to manipulate it. For example, he took a scenario of the a man and his mother. And they were both annoyed and upset with each other. And he was able to put exactly into words how each of them were feeling about the other person when neither one of them was really correct. So how many times have you ever gotten an argument with someone and you go away with your feelings and you feel that you're correct and the other person, of course, feels they're correct? So it's kind of like that kind of scenario. Well, Screwtape advises Wormwood, his apprentice, to take some different actions to help influence uh, the man, the guy that he's working on, to encourage feelings of self-righteousness in him. And this creates bad feelings which results in a larger gap between the man and his mother and so throughout these letters they're filled with such insights and the book goes as the as the book goes on we see clear that it's basically like any of us and the situations that we get into all the time we all struggle with good and bad right and wrong positivity and negativity hope and fear this is actually a great book for those who are Christians and those who are not Christians because the theme, I think, is a little out of the ordinary. It's not a love story. It's not a story about a hero. It simply can create some curiosity and give us the ability to maybe analyze our thoughts and our actions. It kind of made me think of what I'm doing with my life and makes me actually makes me want to be a better person it really got me thinking about those inner voices that we have in our head that we often let direct our behavior. We know that our thoughts drive our behavior, and we may not have that little angel or that little devil sitting on our shoulder, but we all have those voices of fear and doubt and insecurity, and those voices of confidence, positivity, and assurance. And my question is, which one do we listen to the most? So Natalie Bacon, who is one of my favorite coaches, calls those voices your inner coach and your inner critic. So your inner coach and your inner critic play a constant dialogue in your head. They spout the words, the mantras, the thoughts that control the narratives or the stories that are always going on in your head. Your inner critic sounds like, I'm not enough. I don't have enough. I can't lose weight. I don't have enough time for that. I wish I could be more successful at this or that, but I know that I can't. It's just not possible for me. Some common voices include thoughts like you're stupid, or you're not attractive, or you're just not like other people. You're not enough, or you're found wanting. And this can affect your life. This can affect your career, especially if you have thoughts like, I'm not good at this or I'm not good at that. I can't be successful because I'm not smart or talented. This can affect your relationships when you tell yourself, he doesn't really care about me. I'm not worthy of love. You're better off on your own. Don't be vulnerable or you'll get hurt. Your inner critic can affect your relationships with your friends when you constantly go over every word you say at a party and then criticize every word, gesture, and voice inflection. When you overanalyze what you wore and how your hair looked and your makeup choices. Often, that critical inner voice is a well integrated pattern of destructive thoughts toward ourselves. And these nagging voices and thoughts make up internalized dialogue that are at the root of so much self destruction and maladaptive behavior. We often develop negative coping strategies to combat the negative voices and negative inner critics that are in our head. The inner critic is experienced as the thoughts within your head. That critical inner voice is an internal enemy that can affect every aspect of our lives, including our self-esteem, our confidence, our personal and intimate relationships, our performance, and our accomplishments at school and at work. The negative thought patterns that affect us by undermining our positive feelings about ourselves or others, and fostering self-criticism, inwardness, distrust, self-denial, addictions, and a retreat from goal-directed activities. These often create thoughts of judgment and lack, which show up in our behaviors as avoidance or torture. So the voice of the inner critic can cause us to avoid, to avoid situations that may present conflict or avoid change or avoid an overwhelming obstacle or challenge. Sometimes our first coping strategy is avoidance and just to ignore the problem. But avoidance is a maladaptive strategy for dealing with any problems and can actually create more stress, anxiety, and harm. Avoiding stress might seem like a great way to become less stressed, but it isn't necessarily the case. More often than not, confronting a problem and dealing with that stressor is the only way to effectively reduce the stress that it can cause. Psychologists say it's better to strive for stress management rather than stress avoidance, because we can't avoid all stress, but we can manage it with effective coping strategies. Procrastination is a great example of avoidance. If something that we have to do is stressing us out, we might avoid doing it or even stop thinking about it. However, we typically don't stop thinking about it whenever it is that needs to be done. Rather, we continue to feel that little bit of stress until it actually gets done and we accomplished our task. Ultimately, we don't feel stressed when we would have just tackled the test right off instead of putting it off just getting it done instead we stress about what needs to be done and become even more stressed as we inevitably have to rush to get it done by whatever deadline has been created and that creates stress upon stress we're ultimately unable to perform the task or job as well as we could because we haven't left enough time for ourselves. So some people work great with a deadline looming, but it's not the general population, I don't think. It's so much better to get something done um, right away and not have that stress looming in the back of your mind personally i am not a procrastinator for this reason i like to get things done early and then i can relax about it my coping strategy for dealing with my inner critic's voice is not necessarily avoidance it's more a form of torture so torture is when our thoughts go to harsh judgments and we beat ourselves up for behaving a certain way or responding inappropriately to a difficult situation, this is called negative self-talk. More about that negative critic. So, as a recovering perfectionist with a little bit of OCD, I lived with this coping strategy for so many years. So many years of beating myself up for not having the perfect house, the perfect neatly organized schedule, the perfect planned out life for myself and for my children. I had a plan A, a plan B, a plan C, and sometimes a D so that I could make sure everything went into the plan neatly the way I wanted to do wanted it to go, and I was always planning for contingencies and spending time and energy wasted in fear and worry. Can I just tell you guys, this was not a fun way to live. This is not a fun way to live, and it took some major life events to teach me that I'm not in control and to learn that everything will be fine I needed the confidence and I needed my inner coach to tell me I can handle what comes my way. But for now, I can relax and have a little peace knowing that I have the strength and the resiliency to overcome the challenges that I may be faced with. So as I started thinking about these critical inner voices, I was like, where do they come from? And a lot of literature kind of states that these inner voices usually come from early life experiences, early life experiences that are internalized and taken in and create the ways we think about ourselves. Often, many of the negative voices come from our parents or primary caregivers. As children, we pick up on negative attitudes that parents not only have toward their children, but also toward themselves. Our voices can come from interactions with peers and siblings or influential adults. And I think it can often be things that are said by peers or siblings or adults that as a young person, we may have even taken out of context context. And we thought, oh, this person said this about me and it was negative when really it wasn't meant that way. But that's kind of the way we put it into our brain and into that pathway. And so as we're thinking about this, I was like, how can we conquer Our critical inner voice and I think in order to take power over this destructive thought process we have to first become conscious of it conscious of what our inner voice is telling us so that we can stop it from playing that never-ending loop in our head and I think to identify this, it's helpful to pay attention. And when you suddenly slip into a bad mood or you become upset or you feel that negative shift in emotion and realize what is your inner voice saying? What is that critical inner voice saying to you? And once you've identified those thought processes and you can pinpoint some of the negative actions um, that it is advocating, whether it be that avoidance or that torture self-talk, you can then take control over your inner voice by consciously deciding, number one, not to listen, and then take some actions. And so the actions I'm going to share with you today are AAA. So AAA is Awareness, Articulate, and Assign. So number one, awareness, self-awareness. So journaling. Or just taking that time to become aware of how you're feeling and what are the thoughts going on in your head. I love journaling because journaling allows you to look at your inner critic objectively. That way you can practice some curiosity and you can ask yourself some questions. So recognizing that this is a pattern and that this negative pattern is not serving the life that you want to live. And as you write down those negative thoughts that may be present... Writing, I think, is so important versus just thinking. Writing helps us to purge that thought out. And when you can see the words on paper or on screen, I think it's easier to make sense of it and move forward. I also feel like it gives it less power. When you put those words on the paper, you're able to look at it more objectively. You can stop fighting with your thoughts. And as acceptance and commitment therapy suggest, you can accept those thoughts and be aware of those thoughts, and then you can observe those thoughts in a non-judgmental wonder and curiosity by thinking and asking yourself some questions about if those thoughts are true, if they really make sense. Um, are they a little far-fetched? Are you exaggerating a little? I know s- often sometimes we always we like to say always or never when those are usually never the case. Um, so being aware, using your journal, writing those things down, Next is to articulate. Articulate that you want to change those negative thought patterns. Reflect on the answers to some of those tough questions. Like, what do I get from having that negative thought pattern? Is it driving some sort of behavior? What's the reward for me? What do I lose by engaging in these negative thoughts? What are the costs? What benefits would I receive from engaging in more positive thoughts? What costs are associated with thinking more positively? What in my past made me think negatively? And what can I do now to change that? How is that thought not true? So as you articulate these things you are able to voice them and your mind hears those words and you're able to kind of combat those negative thoughts or that negative inner critic. Next, after you articulate, you assign. You assign a new thought. We don't just overcome negative thought patterns. We replace them. For most of us, those negative thought patterns are well-worn neural pathways in our brain. I've talked about pathways before in our brain. And when we say those negative things to ourselves over and over and over again, they create pathways in our brain. Well-worn pathways. Let's talk about some ways to create some positive pathways in our brain and train our inner coach. So we each have that inner voice in our head that offers us guidance you can call it intuition, you can call it inner wisdom, you can call it light, you can call it the Holy Spirit, but we each have that inner voice or that gut response that helps to guide us in our life. And sometimes we drown that out with all the negativity and criticism, but we need to find that inner coach and create those pathways in our brain that will help us to live the life that we want most. So some people experience this as a sense of feeling, that feeling in your gut. Um, Believe it or not, the gastrointestinal tract is sensitive to your emotions. This area of the body can provide a powerful and trustworthy indication when determining the best course of action for your life. So saying that you feel it in your gut is actually physiologically correct. You're constantly receiving information through your senses. And as you begin to pay attention to the impressions and the thoughts and trust your inner compass to guide you, you will find those positive thought patterns that will help to create the life of your dreams. Your inner coach is coachable. You can coach your inner coach to help you have those positive thought patterns that will help you to create the life of your dreams and accomplish your goals. But you have to create space. You have to create that space for your inner coach to come through. And in this world of constant noise and distractions and busy schedules and the media bombardment, it can be hard to actually hear that inner coach voice in your head. We have to create space for our inner coach. We need that quiet time to think, to reflect, to meditate, whether you sneak away for a brisk nature walk or you meditate in your car before work but spend some time and incorporate some quiet time into your day to just be present and listen to what's coming up for you and i think this will make all the difference you don't have to carve out extra time. You can use the time while you're doing mindless activities like washing the dishes or showering or exercising or driving. You would be amazed at the thoughts that I come up with when I am elbow deep in dish soap. So As you're allowing yourself to listen to your inner coach, listen to your intuition, listen to that voice that is giving you the direction that you want to go, that compass in your life, knowing yourself and knowing your values and beliefs and your goals and your dreams helps to guide you and serve you as a coach and a cheerleader to help you move forward. For all those used to paying more attention to that negative brain chatter, it may take some practice. Any new pathway needs to be trod over and over and over again to create that nice pathway that we go to right away. And it takes practice and consistency to create a well-worn path. So listen to your heart and practice being mindful of your feelings, of the feelings that are in your gut and in your heart. With practice, we can learn to cut out the fear and the doubt and the negativity, and we can drown out that inner critic with our inner coach. As we listen to our inner coach, it can bring us peace, purpose, and power. Peace in knowing that you've got your own back. Peace in knowing that you're worthy, that you are unique, that you are special, and that you have gifts to give this world. Purpose in knowing that you are creating the life that you choose. And power in knowing who you are and what you're about. Power is about becoming the creator in your life rather than a bystander. One of the best ways that I've found to engage my inner coach in my life is with daily affirmations and thoughts of abundance and gratitude. Creating your own daily affirmations can help your inner coach cheer you on. Negative thoughts can have a significant impact on our self esteem and self confidence. But when a person experiences too many, it's like an infestation. And so positive affirmations can be said to boost feelings about yourself and counter ag- counteract all those negative thoughts and that infestation. When you say things to yourself, you create those pathways. Negative thought patterns created pathways that many of us strengthened again and again as we allowed those negative thoughts to play over and over again in a never-ending loop. Those negative thought patterns usually focused on fear, on fear of not having something, of fear of a need not being met, a fear of not being good enough, a fear of not getting what you really need and fear is such a strong emotion this is one of the reasons why negative thought patterns seem so hard to reconstruct but the fastest way to rewire your brain and feel more positive about yourself is to say those daily affirmations out loud When you hear something out loud, your brain stores it more quickly, and it creates a pathway that over time can be strengthened and become just as strong as those negative thought patterns. Positive affirmation should be a part of your daily routine, just like washing your face and brushing your teeth. Our positive thought patterns help us to change the positive behaviors that we want to see. And as we move and act and create those positive behaviors, it then in turn reinforces our new positive beliefs. So as you're learning to be aware, to articulate and to assign new thoughts, I want you to just keep these things in mind. Setting intentions. So intentions are the behaviors, the attitudes and the traits that you want to develop, that you want to have in your life intentions are even stronger than goals they give power to the purpose so set intentions and then articulate articulate your affirmations as though they are already you're already what they are so i am strong i am smart i am a friend to everyone that i meet Being positive and creating these positive thoughts that you want to live by can help you train your inner coach to be the louder voice in your head. So, here's a few examples of daily affirmations. So, I choose to be happy. No one but me decides how I feel. I accept and love myself completely. I am unique, I am beautiful, and I am good enough. I have a coach called Brendan Burchard, who I love. I've read his books, I am in his online program. And one of the things he talks about is creating triggers, to remind yourself to articulate your affirmations. So when you're washing your hair or every time you step in your car or every time you sit at your desk at work, have some positive affirmations, some positive thoughts about yourself that you can say to yourself and you can coach yourself. You can be your own cheerleader. Create specific times where you articulate your affirmations several times a day, and this will help to build those pathways of your inner coach and help you create a life of peace, purpose, and power. If you want to coach your inner coach and strengthen those positive self-talk pathways in your brain, join me in the discover your personal power coaching program. This is a 12 week online virtual course where you take, we take all this information that you learn on the podcast to the next level. We learn how to create the brain pathways that help us lead a life of peace, purpose and power. Join me at peggymorelifecoaching.com. I'll see you there. Have a fabulous week, my friends. And until we meet again...